When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. I would say good morning to Jay and you, but... Oh, wait a minute. Here comes here comes Jay Will, back from walking the dog, huh? I'm back. You're well, back. I don't know if I was... Well, my dog's been here the whole time. Oh, I see. Yeah, I wasn't walking. I just had to go over and do another segment for another show. That's ah, how we do it, you know. Look at you. Where'd yeah. the dog go? Pulling double duty. He's right here. He's Victoria's holding him, and he looks very comfortable and loving. I, speaking of that, question for dog people. No. Do you let your dog lick you on the face? Yes. What? Right? It's not even a question. That came Evan. out like a shot. What? Like yeah. when you get excited, like when you get down, you're seeing your dog you come back from a long road trip. You're like, hey, good to when see you, When you walk boy. your dog, you see what the dog's got its face all up in? Dogs just scientifically have one of the cleanest mouths of all. Gross. Animals. Come here, gross. Bro. Gross. Yeah, you can do all that. Kiss your dog. You can do all that. Boy, I don't care. That's gross. Why you got to call me boy, first off? And secondly, well, not it's boy, not, but it's, it's, yes. It's not gross. But people it's do so this all gross. the time. Nah, that's, nobody that's said, gross, cuz. That's, yeah, that's gross. Nobody said on the lips. Nobody's like, oh, come. <laughs> The but face, like you, you the lips, none of the that. Side, the dog licks your cheek. Yeah. The Come on. dog it, licks every you know, yes. piece of you yes. know what in the street. Yes. The, he's, that's dogs. It's just gross. It, they're all, all up right. in it. Jay, what about sleeping in the bed? Because I don't let the dog sleep in the bed or get on the couch. What? Too dirty. No. Yes, Evan. Strict rules in my house. No on the couch. Never in the bed. Yeah, she Never. has her own bed and her own chair. Exactly. I brought the bed in here to the studio so my guy can lay down. But, like, uh, he's not jumping in the bed with me. I can't. See, I, I got to tell you that. the truth, Jay. The reason I'm not a dog guy, really, is because I think if I had a dog, I would let it sleep, uh, get up on the couch. I would no. let it lick me. That's why. And I don't want that to happen, so I'm staying away. Key, your yeah, dog the, cou- the, cou- the couch. Well, here's the problem. <laughs> here's what happened. No, because I came. Look. Jennifer has decided to allow the dogs to lay at the end of the bed. I, <laughs> I, I'm really long, and my feet are long, my legs are long, and my feet are big. So every now and then, they happen to slide off the edge of the bed and may touch the dogs, you know, so they can get off the bed. But because this <laughs> a habit, I know you got a tall bed too. Poor things, man. Middle of the now night, just falling back and He's saying that he kicks them out off yes, the bed. I didn't say that. No, no, no. I no said, your legs are long. I, and look, yes. I remove them slowly <laughs> yeah. from the edge of the bed. Yeah, it, I, I hate it. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah, because then I, they want to climb up top when they gotta go to the restroom, so I can let them out. And they get up near my pillows. And stuff. I don't like what all do that. What do you do with man? your horses, Key? Do the horses? You let the horses in oh, the wait, house Key, too? They, so does Jennifer? Does she, does she clean their paws? Like when they come, we'll try to clean the paws from time to time. But we got like, see, that's nasty. Key. We got runners and stuff that's like nasty. that. So they all by the, the doors pee in the runners. You talk about man, a I can't. Me on the what face. you want me to do, man? Pee in the what you want me to do? Tell me what you want me to do. Tell me what you want me to do. You give me give me dog advice, Jay. What you want me to do? You got to buy. You want to create own... a problem in the household because no, you first talk... of all, 
No, no, you got me going there. I know I got First you going. First of all, I didn't ask for the damn dogs, okay? <laughs> That's to begin with. It was a package deal. No, it. what happened was uh, several years ago, like we're going way my kids dogs. wanted dogs. Yeah. And I said, no. Weeks went by. I came back from a trip in Bristol, <laughs> and I had dog. I had a dog. I had one dog. I was like, whatever, I won. Then my niece went off to college. She couldn't take her dog to the to the to the dorm. So then I wind up with two dogs. Uh, And you wanna know the crazy thing? You wanna know the craziest thing? They both named Teddy. (laughs) Do you have two dogs named the same name? Yep. Because one (laughs) was my niece's, because one is my niece. (laughs) And then one because it's 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 weird because each dog knows each dog knows the flexion of the voice tells them so how do you're you ta- the one who did it. How do you, so how do you talk to the first Teddy? Uh, what, Depending you, on what, what he did. What yeah, did he well, do? Just give me an inflection uh, where he would know it's him. Oh, because he Is just Teddy? did something and he's hey, looking. Hey, no, Teddy. Teddy. And he knows. And, and how Teddy. do you say the other one? Ted. You call yeah, one Ted no, and one Teddy. No, you say Teddy, just Teddy. But they know dogs are really smart, as you know. They know when they've done something wrong. So they go to hide. He he's like he did it, not me. We're going really deep with the dog. Well, I mean, I, we, you know, that's fine. You know where there are a lot of dogs in the dog pound in Cleveland. <laughs> you you have tried to tie and weave these things together today. They're, they're separate Two things. Valid I don't know what that. What's the pressure to try to do a segue where it fits in? You could just change the subject. Yeah, dog yeah. days are long in Cleveland. Ooh, mm, it's the dog cool. days in Cleveland for sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's something there like that. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. So, are they dogging Landry? <laughs> J. Williams. Is there still dog in Baker Mayfield? Listen, there's a guy, J. Williams, on a show called Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. We should just really have you say it now since you're sitting here. But let's hear you say it yesterday. Listen to what Jay said yesterday. Look, there's a lot of pressure considering OBJ left this team, then went on to win a Super Bowl and had a phenomenal playoff. He just played out of his tail. So you're seeing that. You're hearing stuff about Jarvis Landry. I think the writing is on a wall. Baker has to prove himself this year. Yeah. I mean, look, that, that's why they didn't give him a big deal, right? And, and now you're hearing all these tweets from Jarvis Landry, and we've brought RG3 on the show. We've brought Dan Graziano on the show, and they've all echoed the same sentiment. You're sitting there watching OBJ not only score a touchdown in the Super Bowl, but win a Super Bowl with a quarterback that makes them look great and never even makes you question their own ability to be great. And if you're Jarvis Landry, you have to be thinking about that same scenario right now, don't you? Key, don't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking. When you are Landry – if they're willing to pay you, which they're not, because the Cleveland Brown, when you get to this age, the team that you're with and you're coming off an injury, 52 catches, I don't know, a little over 500 yards, a couple touchdowns, whatever the case is, in and out of the lineup, teams start looking at you differently, Jay. Ah, the guy can't help us. We, we can get younger and cheaper. You know that. So what you do is you you get on the offensive now. Now you're getting ready, you know, you're getting ready to attack, and that's what Landry decided to do. He says, hold on, I'm going to beat y'all to the punch because y'all not going to set this narrative about me 
out there in the public's eye because that's what teams do. They leak it to the little press. They tell a little media guy. He goes and writes a story, and, and you're not supposed to know that he's writing a story because it's some somewhere way off that you never thought about. You know, and then a player sees it, and he goes, oh, okay, I see what y'all doing. And that's what Landry is saying. So now he's going to get the fan base back on his side. I told them what I want to do. The fans don't really understand that it's an economic play by the Cleveland Browns, which is smart. $15 million due to a receiver that is a little banged up and older versus a million dollars in salary cap cutting him. You're only going to get hit on a salary cap of $1 million versus $15 million. Do the math. It's simple and easy. Time to move on now. Keith, stay with me on this one for a second. I said this on first take when when um, Odell first got traded to Cleveland, right? To me, the thing that could go wrong in Cleveland at the time, and, and when I say stay with me, what I mean is you can look at each case like Jarvis Landry, and, and the details don't add up in terms of like, this is why that happened. But in the grand, larger scheme of things, I think it is. This is what I mean. When Odell got to Cleveland, I thought the one thing that could that where this doesn't go right because they had so much talent, offensive line, everything, receivers, running backs, everything, defensive pieces. If when you put a lot of ballers on the same team, it like real recognize real game recognize game. If they start looking at the quarterback sideways, you know, if they start looking at the quarterback like he's not one of us, he's not a baller. That's that can be a problem. Right, that's when they they start rolling their eyes at this dude, you know. Like one of the reasons I think people are like, "Oh, they wanted Baker Mayfield to be Joe Burrow." Joe Burrow's a, a, a stone cold baller. Yeah, so he's other better, ballers he's better the, than Baker Mayfield, yeah, of course. Other ballers yeah. on the team look at Joe Burrow. They go, "Yes, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Baller, baller, baller. It, Baker Mayfield's just not that. And to me, that is the root of the problem with like with Odell. With Landry, in a bigger sense, is that even if you can't connect the dots on a micro level, like, but in a macro level, to me, that's what's going on with the Browns. Yes or no? Well, you can look. Yeah, you can look at your teammate and tell it. Look, it ain't even just got to be the quarterback, Max. It could be a different position. You know if that dude is good or not. Like you really do. You try to give a guy the benefit of the doubt, but you're like, man, that dude. We're not going nowhere with him. You're not stupid. Even though you may not say anything publicly because you're going to support your teammate, you're going to try to play as hard as you can and rally around him, but in the end, you know that that dude's not the answer. And OBJ knew that. And so OBJ tried to fight it as long as he could till he couldn't anymore. And I'm sure Landry feel the same way. He like, man, I'd rather go play for free mm-hmm. with Patrick Mahomes. And then he sees what Odell just did, Jay. Exactly. I'm just – I mean, there, there's so many – other options too. I mean, who know like the Colts, right? Besides Michael Pittman Jr., like they need another top tier wide receiver. They need a quarterback though. I, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying on that, though, Key, but yes, right. Um, I know I said Chicago, even though I don't think that's as feasible after Key kind of poo pooed that and kind of talked sense into <laughs> me about it. No, but you did. That, that's fair. But I, I, Green Bay, another opportunity, right? Like, oh, okay, like you got Devontae Adams. Yeah. How would Green it be Bay, having Jarvis Landry on Green Bay? Kansas City. You can sit there and say, Key, I can go through five or six or seven teams where you're like, Jarvis Landry, not only could you, you get your money somewhere else, but you can have a chance to win a title. Depth at receiver isn't like when you have that 
I would say if you have a third guy, like when I looked at Kansas City, one of the issues I had with them in the offseason, it didn't exactly pan out this way, but I thought they don't really have great depth at receiver, right? If, because when Watkins left, if you can get a guy like that key, to me it feels like that, that can be the difference. But is Jarvis Landry a difference maker at this point in his career? Yeah, for a certain team in certain situations, right? If he goes to a Kansas City, you have a third guy. If he's in a um, Baltimore, third guy, all of a sudden he goes to the Ravens in the same division, they stealing him, you know, that whole deal. If all of a sudden he's with the Raiders, uh, you have a third guy, second guy, third guy. Even the Los Angeles Rams, for that matter, given the injury situation that they're going to be faced with coming into the fall, you look at that and you go, well, they're loaded over there at receiver. Are they really? Are they really loaded with two injuries to two guys that we don't know what their, you know, what their going to recovery is going to look like? Um, you know, best friends over there. I'm sure OBJ would do more than vouch for him. Economically, it may work because he's not going to, uh, you know, in certain situations, he's not going to try to just break the bank. So it's all about what he wants. I don't see him going to like a Jacksonville. That doesn't do anything for him mm-hmm. at this time in his career. You know, the best thing for him to do is find a solid place with a good quarterback so he can be very productive and have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Tune in tonight for college basketball action as Virginia hosts Duke. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Speaking of your Blue Devils, Jay, let's get back to Duke's last number one pick. This just shows a complete lack of investment in your team. Simple things like being an involved teammate, being focused, and being a part of things as often as you can, even while rehabbing. That's simple, man. Forget plausible deniability. The dude does not want anything to do with the Pell. The man needs to be called out because he is as far from a teammate as you can possibly be. J.J. Reddick, who's now an ESPN NBA analyst. He was on a terrific new show, This Justin, Handsome Host, 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN yesterday. He was also on First Take yesterday. Listen to what he had to say about Zion. Reach out and say hello. This is a pattern of behavior with Zion that we are seeing again and again. And look, I was his teammate. I can describe him as a detached teammate. That, that, is, that is an accurate statement. This is just, this is basic, basic level of humanity being a teammate. Send a text to a guy when he gets traded to your team. That is just normal behavior. That's the bar minimum that you have to do. And the Pelicans yesterday sent out an email for season tickets for next year. Guess who wasn't in the email? Whose name was not in the email? Zion's. But what does that what does that mean? His name wasn't in the email, Jay. Well, just saying, like you know, it, it's um, I'm trying to it, it, remember key when, when the you, Seattle Seahawks put out a statement about their team, and it was was it Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson that wasn't in the. No, that was Dak Prescott. Dak, Dak Prescott. Right. That's right. Thank you. Sorry, we've had so much happen over the past year. Um, I, it's something similar along to that, but I I don't think it was an oversight. I think there are a lot of people. Mm. who are in the New Orleans Pelicans franchise who are really worried about, first off, does Zion Williamson want to be there long term? And secondly, you know, hearing this from people internally yesterday, my man has not been at a team shoot-around 
or a team practice since the beginning of December. Oof. I mean, that's December that month, January, February. That's going on close to three months. So when I hear that type of sense of urgency in J.J. Reddick's voice, obviously he played there. He would know the tendencies of Zion Williamson um, and how he communicates. And now, look, I think a lot of that also is on the organization and David Griffin with how they've allowed him to behave uh, and, and set that tone. But in a day and age where players, and we've talked about this multiple times, when they don't want to be somewhere, you can't make them be there. Um, the way he's treated this organization at 21 years old, a lot of pressure on him to be the guy. Got that five-year, $75 million deal from Brand Jordan. Uh, talking about getting a, a, a massive rookie extension uh, in that kind of Luka Doncic money, even though he's had multiple injuries. Uh, the way he's handled adversity has not been good thus far. It's not been good at all. Is it because, you know, a lot of times when I look at young players in general, I've been young myself, obviously, still kind of young, handsome, this guy on KJM. Um, <laughs> Don't bring me in. You guys this. can have that battle for who's most handsome. And when you're young, sometimes your influence is around you. You have influences around you. You have people in your circle um, that are there for the ride, to enjoy the ride. Um, but do, do, they don't really understand what goes into the work ethic that you have to put in to get the things out of it that you're looking to get. Um, and so they're not there to tell you it's time to go work out or it's health, uh, take care of your health or, or find the right shooting coach. They're just there because of the situation. And you're too young and naive not to see that. And you enjoy their company because they're just your boys or your family, brother, cousin, Uncle Johnny, whoever it may be. He could be in a situation as such that everyone is telling him everything he wants to hear because when you are the guy and you've been the guy since junior high school and everybody's always told you everything is okay, don't worry, never telling you no. Even adults go through that when they get money or they get a job Everybody's always telling them they're doing a great job, they're doing a great job, they're doing a great job, and they start really believing that even though they may suck at their job, for so to speak. He could be possibly going through some of those things. Yeah, I'm with you, Key. It's, um, look, obviously there's a Duke connection for me. Uh, I've known Zion since he was a senior in high school. I met his family. It, it, it's challenging for anybody. I'm a prime example of it, Key, to come in – with high expectations, but also given a lot of money, how you handle that. There's no experience that teaches you how to handle that fame, how to handle being your own CEO, right? And think about how, and I'm not making any excuses for it because anybody would die to have the opportunity to earn what Zion's been earned. He's been given a gift. It's a blessing by all means. But think about how roles are flipped. So for all your life, Max, your mom and dad have told you what to do. They've been the authority. It's something that people don't think about. And whatever issues maybe that you have with your family or family dynamic, they just get heightened or amplified all of a sudden when you become the guy and you're making millions of dollars. So think about how those roles then become flipped to a degree, if they do. So your parents have been telling you what to do your whole life. They've been the authoritative figures. And all of a sudden now you're the guy. Now you're paying your family members. They're on your salary, right? And how that role is flipped. And now all of a sudden – 
Is it just supposed to happen that way? No, mom, dad, I'm telling you what, especially if you're not secure with who you are or who you're becoming, or if you're still trying to find out who the hell you are, Key. Like, you have a lot of bravado. I'm sure you walked into the game and there, you still found out about yourself, but you were willing to say, nah, I'm doing it this way. Not everybody's built that way. So for Zion, his personality traits are he's a little bit more demure. He's a little bit more reserved. And that can influence how you think. I'm amazed I, whenever I hear this stuff, guys. I, I mentioned it earlier in the show. I'm not surprised by this kind of behavior from Zion, given everything you guys just discussed. 21 years old, all the money and fame, all the pressure, etc., the work that you have to put into it, the whole thing. I'm actually surprised that he's considered the outlier, that that's like, well, we're noticing it because that's not the way you're supposed to do it. I'm shocked at how many athletes handle it as well as they do. I just think about people listening right now. Just imagine when you were 21 years old, what your judgment was, right? Now put yourself in that spotlight and, and think of like all my worst behavior is going to be public knowledge, especially in the social media age. Everyone's a broadcasting entity now, and everyone's got a, a camera and a, and a, and a, and, you know, and a Zoom recording or device something, and huh? everything. <laughs> and, and I'm just amazed at how many athletes are that impressive as people that they can keep it together at that age. Not that, it, that I, they can go off the rails like Zion, Key. I, I can tell you this, Max and Jay, from my upbringing growing up as a kid, and I, and I always tell this story uh, when, I, when I speak or whatever I, you know, when I speak to people, I tell them, I say, I remember at 11 years old having to sleep in a car as a kid. I remember that. I remember what it was like to have wish me sandwiches. I wish I had some damn meat. So I don't ever want to go back to that place. And in order for me not to go back to that place, I've got to work harder than the next person. Even though I was drafted number one overall, doesn't mean anything because there's somebody else that's coming for that number one spot. So I had to outwork, outthink. Even though I was at the top of the game, I had to make sure that I stayed there because there was another guy that was coming in a year or two or three. Eventually, I'll get a new coach, and that coach may not like me, but like them. So you got you to gotta know how to navigate all of those situations to be successful and pay attention to what, it, what you're surrounded with. Yeah, I had a... I had a, a group of individuals that I was raised around and with. Eventually, you got to weed them out, too. You got to, okay, that's not good. That one over there is not good. Okay, that one's just fine. And you you navigate through those sort of things. And if you can do that, you, you'll be just fine. Upbringing is a big challenge in the world of wealth, how you was raised in how you value certain things. The key, the, the one little tidbit I can add, and I don't know if you felt this way, but when I got drafted and I came from, you know, middle-class family, it wasn't I got drafted. It was we got drafted. Oh, man, Jay. We made it, Key. You seen the pictures? <laughs> we. I, I, I'm talking about, like, my dad's one of ten in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We got drafted. We Absolutely. All, that's so much pressure and weight. To carry on somebody hey, who has no idea who the hell they even are yet. He, he, here's You say we. <laughs> I'm from Los Angeles, right? And I'm from, well, at the time, it was called South Central Los Angeles. And when I got drafted in 1996, South Central L.A. got drafted. 
Mm-hmm. Not Keyshawn Johnson. It was it was an estimated crowd of two thousand people at my draft party. Okay, it was people that I had no idea who they were. Mm. Saying, you know, they come up with stories. They coach me at Pop Warner. I ain't never played Pop Warner football. How you coach me? I ain't never, ever played Pop Warner. But you get those sort of things, and you've got to just be able to take a deep breath and realize that these are the things that's going to come with the newfound fame. Yeah, this the, is the stuff that, that comes with it. That sense of responsibility that you guys are describing can either make you, use it as motivation, as Key did, or break you. And Zion, maybe he's already at the age of 21 at a crossroads. What the reaction is in Cleveland to a potentially another wide receiver finding their way finding their way out of town, man. It could happen. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Gerard Cherry now joins us, the co-host of The Next Level on ESPN 850 Cleveland. And now how many chips do you win in New England, Gerard? Too many. Got a bunch of rings, at least two. <laughs> how many How many? How many rings you got? I got three, which means three. I got three. three. You got three. Oh, too, well, many. <laughs> too many. One's enough. Uh, three rings. Stop hating. <laughs> I know, right? What's up, Che? You dog, you dog. Good to hear from you. Yeah, man, what what's going on with Landry and, and uh, the Cleveland Browns? What did you make of them tweets that he rolled out? Ah, man, there's there's so much to unpack there because, in my opinion, guys, Jarvis was put in a very perplexed situation in that you have your friendship with Odell Beckham Jr. You have a conditional relationship with the Cleveland Browns. So what do you do with that? Do you side with your boy or do you side with the football team? And obviously he decided to side – with his boy, and that's the right decision at the end of the day because you're going to be with Odell Beckham Jr. more than likely for the rest of your life. And at some point, you're going to separate from the Cleveland Browns. So what you're starting to see really is just where those loyalties lie. And at the same time, Jarvis realizes it's a business. And in this business, what's going to happen if my production is not there? They're going to tell me what my worth and value is. So in my opinion, what he's doing is kind of similar to you, Keith. He's getting out in front of it. 
and on some levels not as brash as you, he's putting out there how he feels about the situation. Gerard Cherry, co-host of The Next Level on 850 ESPN in Cleveland. As Max mentioned, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. No, you, you, you're right. And when we had these conversations, I try to have the conversations with the guys a lot about just the way things are done now versus when we were playing. This isn't – things forcing your way out of situations is not new to me. It just seems like nowadays there's more of them opposed to one or two a year. There's several a year or every year there's somebody where in the past has been one or two guys, then you miss a couple years and it's one or two guys. Because if you go all the way back to primetime, primetime forced his way out of Atlanta. Exactly. And that's what we're seeing. We are really seeing an uptick in the amount of guys saying, you know what, I'm going to take control of my own destiny I'm not going to sit back and let you uncontrol and tell me where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. And if you think about it, we're really seeing a revolution take place in football from that standpoint because normally it used to be the case back in the day of, all right, where am I going to go? You control free agency. You control the message. And now you don't have that due to social media. So it's really fascinating, a nice case study on what takes place when you have societal changes in regards to social media and what it represents and what it does to the modern athlete. Because as you just said, you were a rarity back in the day saying what you had to say about throwing me the damn football. Muhammad Ali was a rarity. Jack Johnson was a rarity. Now, granted, those things have more social implications than what these guys are doing, but you are witnessing guys take a stand and say, you know what, I don't care what you have to say from an ownership and league standpoint. I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm going to force my way out if need be. Gerard, question for you. What do you think the best landing spot for Jarvis Landry would be? That's a, I would say well, Jarvis is a baller, one of my favorite players on the Cleveland Browns. And anywhere where you put him, he's going to be a great player and asset to the locker room. The question becomes, where is he going to get the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl? It's pretty much what has to be on the forefront of his mind. I still think he could pull that caper off in Cleveland, but here's the deal. You're going to have to have a situation where they can figure out the finances and at the same time, have a clearing of the room and an understanding. Guys, be frank and real about the situation and how they feel about each other and let bygones be bygones. Because also, if I'm Baker Mayfield right now, I'm sitting back saying to myself, no, 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 he didn't just say what he said about the injury situation. So it becomes one of those deals of can these dudes let whatever took place in 2021 season go? And can they be men about the situation and say, let's move forward because we can do more to help ourselves than hinder? Rod, you talked about, um, just touch on Baker Mayfield. Is this Baker's last chance, like, uh, you know, not just for the big contract, but where you said, look, Jarvis Landry's a baller. Odell's a baller. They have ballers on that team, and I'm always thinking if they start looking at Baker, and I think that's already happened, like, eh, he's not one of us. He's not like there are levels to this, that it's going to be a real problem for the Browns. Is this season Baker's last chance? I definitely think. He'll get more opportunities, Max, because the fact he's a first-round draft pick overall. But for the Cleveland Browns are concerned, it's definitely got to be up there. He hasn't got the contract yet. And the Romans coming out of the locker room, especially with the exit interviews, were we had interpersonal issues in the locker room. And a lot of it seemed to point to, unfortunately, Baker Mayfield. So this may be the case for him that it could be his last stance, if you will, with the Cleveland Browns. And he's going to have to show something because you're right. There are levels to this. And I really thought going into the season of 2021 that Baker Mayfield was on that Odell Beckham Jr. Jarvis Landry, Miles Garrett 
level far as production is concerned and just going out there and making it happen and being a straight-out baller. But as the season, you could say, is it due to injury and whatever else took place in his own life with the contract pressure that he didn't rise to the occasion. So I'm sitting back and saying, now, if you are the Browns, what do you do with this? You're going to have to give him one more chance because, really, what are your options in free agency? Are you going to land a Russell Wilson? Are you going to land a – are you – heck, not even land. Are you going to bring in a Deshaun Watson? And you know Aaron Rodgers is not coming this way. So you are in a spot where I think you get another chance no matter what. But at the same time, with that opportunity, Baker Mayfield is going to have to figure out what can he do to get guys to the point where they go T.O. for him and in a locker room crying, that's my quarterback, y'all, as opposed to saying, let's get rid of my quarterback, y'all. Mm-hmm. Last chance for Baker. That is Gerard Cherry, ladies and gentlemen, co-host of The Next Level on ESPN 850 Cleveland, three-time Super Bowl champion. I won't make that mistake again. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. All right, Rob. All right, Shay. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. So, what backups will be starters in 2022? That's coming up next. We're talking quarterbacks, of course. KJM on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. One of the all-time great theme songs of any TV show. That's right. I said it again. Every time it plays, that's what I think of. I want to sit down and watch A Greatest American Hero just to see if it's as good as I remember. All you got to do is remember him running into a wall. Dummy. Yeah, he threw away the instructions. Uh, what I loved about it is it's just like me when I get something, some new gadget. I don't read the instructions. You, like, throw them away, and then you never really know how to use it. All right, time to play Believe It or Not, Evan. Yeah, and yesterday we had Jeremy Fowler on. He wrote this great column on, you know, a bunch of quarterbacks that are looking for another opportunity to start in the NFL. So we're going to play Believe It or Not. These backups last year should be starters next year. Not could. We're going to play should because I want your opinion. So let's get started. Mitch Trubisky, key, Believe It or Not, should be a starter in 2022. Yeah, I think he should be a starter. I think he got a raw deal messing around with Jay's favorite coach and Matt Nagy in Chicago. <laughs> and then he goes with Brian Dable and, and Brandon Beam over to 
Buffalo, and he excites people in practice. He shows some signs of life again in the preseason. I think he will be a starter, and he should be a starter in the National Football League. Yeah, I think he has a legitimate chance to be a starter. So I'm with Key on this one. I think so much for Mitchell Trubisky, who did show glimpses of greatness with the Chicago Bears, um, is about fit. And I try to tell people that so much of playing professional sports is about fit and about how the offensive scheme is designed for you. And I do think having a year with Josh Allen, with Brian Dable, I think will help him wherever he goes next. Yeah, I'll also say that, like, Key, you could use the eyeball test. You really, really know what you're looking at, right? For the rest of us who think we know what we're looking at at times, we're also looking for other evidence. For example, like, okay, now he left the team. How are they doing? Oh, he got him to the he got that team to the playoffs twice. Oh my God! Yeah, I think Mitch Trubisky is potentially a good starter. Trey Lance, Trey Lance should be a starter in twenty twenty two. Key, I think Trey Lance should be the starter of the San Francisco 49ers, but I don't believe that he will be. I think they hold on to Jimmy G, even though they had John Lynch had a so called goodbyes to Jimmy G. I think they rethink this thing as they go into their offseason trying to acquire players, looking at what they may have to run it back one more year with Jimmy G. If I'm a team, though, I'm trying to get Jimmy G, and Trey Lance should be the starter for the San Francisco 49ers. They gave up a lot to get him. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I, I think for a guy that has his talent, obviously he was drafted to take the mantle from Jimmy G. But every time Jimmy G gets hurt, the 49ers are nowhere close to what they could be. And when he isn't hurt, they find themselves deep, deep into the playoffs. So I have to give respect to Jimmy G on this one. I'm not sure that Trey Lance's answer. Yeah, my answer is I really have no idea. I haven't really seen Trey Lance play. I yeah, don't know if he's ready. From what I have seen plus heard plus understand, I don't think he is. But, you know, and then Jimmy G should start. But so I don't know how to answer the question. If you ask me my guess, I'd say no. That's how you answered. There you go. Marcus Mariota, the backup in Las Vegas last year, should be a starter in 2022, Keith, believe it or not. I don't think Marcus Mariota should be a starter. I think Marcus Mariota's starting days for now is probably over with. When I look at the teams in the National Football League and who needs a quarterback, the teams that need quarterbacks are on the cusp of really doing some great things. They need star power. And, and he's not a star power quarterback for the Denver Broncos, for instance. They're not a Marcus Mariota away from going to the Super Bowl. They're Aaron Rodgers away from competing to get an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. So when you start looking at teams, the New Orleans Saints are not a Marcus Mariota away. The, the Carolina Panthers is not a Marcus Mariota away from doing anything. So you start to break it down, I don't think he belongs on the starting side of things. Yeah, I'll make this one easy for you, Evan. I agree with Kia on that. Yeah, I think you could waste a lot of time uh, and years on guys like Sam Darnold and Marcus Mariota because they have certain things that make you – they could do it, and in the end, I don't think they can. All right, then I'm going to skip, skip Sam Darnold. Who wants to talk about him anyway? He's irrelevant. He's no longer on the Jets. So let's go to <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. Should be a starter in 2022, Key, believe it or not. I believe he should be a starter with the right circumstances around him. Um, he is a guy who is manageable, but I don't think the team that the Denver Broncos have, he could take them over the top. They need a little bit more for him to be able to take them over the top. I'm assuming he's the quarterback of the Denver Broncos moving forward, and he is the starter for them. 
Yeah, I'm assuming the same thing. I, I don't, I don't see Aaron Rodgers going anywhere. I think this is going to be Teddy Bridgewater's team. Um, I think he'll have a chance to to do some Teddy Bridgewater like things, which to me always kind of seems like he he's okay. He doesn't go next level, but he's serviceable. Two gloves. I'm a little bit off Teddy Bridgewater. I got to be honest. Last couple of stops have not been that good for him. I, but I'll agree with Key. The answer is yes, but it must be the right situation. And then the answer would be yes. All right, we talked about Marcus Mariota. How about the number one pick in that same draft? Jameis Winston should be a starter in 2022 coming off the ACL. Key, believe it or not. I think he I think he will be the starter in New Orleans. So, yes, he, he will be a starting quarterback in 2022. The ACL injury for quarterbacks is nowhere near as dire as other positions because all they got to do is pat the football in the pocket and let it rip. The problem is, does Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis and that group of individuals in New Orleans believe that Jameis Winston is the guy because he was playing well prior to injury, or will they try and reach for something better like I've been told that there's a possibility that they may do is try and get those quarterbacks that could be a bigger piece for this team moving forward. In other words, he should still be a starter, but I don't know based on the injury. Wait a second. What have you been told? Oh, God. Uh, Jay, move on. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say <laughs> yes. I think. Stop him. What do you mean, Evan? Why, why do I have to move on? He dropped a nugget. I'm just listening to what he's saying. Am I off Evan here on asking what he's been told? Thing I, it's the same thing I said he's last dropping, week. He's dropping some crumbs, and you and Denzel chase it every time. Yeah. Um, I, I would say Denzel. unless there is unless the injury has changed him into a player he's not, I was super impressed with Jameis from what I saw uh, on the Saints. And I would say yes, if he's most of himself, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'd say he's going to be the Pittsburgh starter. Interesting. Speaking of the Pittsburgh quarterback, how about Mason Rudolph? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, how about no, Gardner no. Minshew? No. no. How about think, Nick Foles? I think Gardner Hell no. Caliber, how about Andy Dalton? Oh, go ahead, Max. Hell no. Wait, wait, how about wait, Jordan he... Love? Believe it or not, he should be a starter in 2022. No. Yeah, I'm saying no, too. Right. Yeah. You back. think Gardner Max, Minshew? Sorry. Yeah, I think Gardner Minshew is a starting caliber guy. Like, um, like Bridgewater, like the way I felt about Bridgewater a couple years ago, I feel about... Minshew now when he has started he's had some success and he's a pretty good and he's a damn good backup but I think he's in the right situation he's a starter yep that last word you just used hmm. backup, backup. <laughs> he's a great backup if you got Gardner Minshew as a backup you're doing great Stop falling in love with a dude that dresses weird <laughs> something much more important than Aaron Rodgers status with the Packers what there's nothing more important than Adam Rodgers status with the Packers Evan don't you listen to sports radio well, that's coming up next. I mistimed this by about five seconds. On Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. 
so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.